Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode number 555. I think there is. Isn't there a Roland Space Echo 555? I think there is a 555. Yeah, there's Rich with the uh, all the fives. We could probably do all the fives here, which would be more than 555. That would be so plenty of fives. Yeah, we could get. Well, we couldn't that. get up to 555. But yes, yeah, so uh, uh, episode 555, which actually is. Um, Yes, it's a. I think it was the Space Echo, the Pro one that was rack mountable. If I'm, if I remember correctly, am I, am I correct? I'm sure the chat room will probably uh, tell me what's going on. So uh, apparently the video is unlisted on YouTube. Fantastic. Okay, that's not what we want to hear. Privacy unlisted, public. I'm just going to change that now. So hopefully that will be all right. I do beg your pardon. Um, anyway. Uh, I'll get back to that. Um, so yes, this is the, the podcast to do with music technology. You may um, may be uh, forgiven to, w- to wondering what it was about as I was uh, whittering away there. Yeah, music technology, synthesizers, drum machines, studio work, uh, live production, all of those things encompassed into this. And uh, well, this is episode 555. Uh, so I want to say thank you very much to Isotope, who will be providing a prize a little bit later on. You can win a copy of RX7, which is their excellent uh, audio restoration and fixing software. Uh, really is kind of magical stuff that uh yeah really magical stuff so uh, we'll check that out a, a little bit later on uh, you stay tuned it's probably about halfway through we'll uh, announce the competition details there so do do stay tuned for that uh, in the meantime we'll come back and we'll say hello to a few of our friends we have guests with us uh, we'll start with mr matthew hodson uh, i refer to him as matt um i think his mother probably calls him matthew Fine. but I, i'm going for matt uh matt yeah is, she uh, did matt is, she did uh, used to say why don't you call yourself matthew that's your full name Ah, <laughs> uh, well, that, that's uh, the way. So. That's the way mothers can be, isn't it? But uh, that's yeah. fine. Uh, Matt is an uh, electronic musician, as you can see there. He's also uh, a course director, I think, at uh, Bims College in yeah. Brighton, and that's uh, right. performs a media composer. Does a bunch of stuff, as you can see. He's got his uh, large modular behind there. Actually, you were showing us some Ethernet cables there a little bit earlier. You're you're yeah. patching with Ethernet now, right? Is it the new thing? That's right. Yeah, sort of. Um, got a couple, Yeah, I got some new tiles, which allows me basically to send some signals over Ethernet from one case to another, which is pretty handy. It saves me having to have really long cables going from one place to another. So basically, I can send eight CV and or, or, or audio signals over a normal RJ45 cable i'm wafting this at you i don't know if you can quite yeah see yeah it, i can see that nice and simple just means you can rock up at a gig plug one of these one end into one case one into another and i'm i'm ready to go basically that's very Pretty handy cool. is it uh, does it require any kind of uh, electronics or are they just simple patch panels they're uh, just passive patch panels yeah uh, made by intelligel ah very yeah, really useful cool. that's yeah, good so hope, yeah they seem to work for me they're cool Anyway, lovely to have you, Matt. Um, it's a, me. as ever a real treat. And uh, we'll say hi to Mr. Rich Hilton, who's over there in in Connecticut, uh, fresh back from the AES, which I think was was it last weekend or last week? Muted. Uh, somebody's going to have to take a drink. Already, it's not a good start. It was just about <laughs> one week ago today that I was there. Ah, okay. Rich, of course, uh, keyboards with Chic and Noel Rogers Studio guy. So, uh, were you were you checking out the uh, latest stuff? I mean, were you kind of were you jonesing after anything particular, or was it just a social for you? It's both. It's to me, it's always been primarily a social event. But then I hear my friends going, "I hate the fact that I got to talk to people all day." It's like, really? That's why I go. Um, 
because I can see gear anywhere, including online. But I can, most people will ship it if if you want it bad enough. Um, I but, won't. Yes. Huh? Was that Mark? I won't. I won't, won't ship, ship anything. It. I refuse. No, I understand, <laughs> but you've got a different kind of business. But anyway, um, uh, I wish I'd seen you there. Um, I saw, you know, tons and tons of friends. It was great fun. I saw lots of cool new stuff, uh, a lot of new music software. I've got a pile of business cards here to remind me of some of the things I saw. Some of it was cool. Some of it wasn't as cool. Um, it's interesting how many people are trying to u- do sort of isotope slash synaptic-like things these days with regards to deconstructing audio and allowing you to change or remove things that heretofore you could neither change nor remove. Um, And people are doing it variously well and in various ways. And and there's also some little black box software that you just stick it on your two bus and it makes everything sound better. It performs some sort of magical analysis and uh, does some form of, real-time manipulation of EQ in order to make every single instance of this music sound great, according to some standard that they've decided. And uh, then there was a bunch of cool hardware, a new API console, a new SSL box called Fusion. Um, all the mic- the microphones were being shown. Uh, it's you know it's, It was a lot of fun. And for me, it's also a father-son thing because my son, Corey, who's in the business, uh, and I attend together which is oh, nice. great fun. Yeah. That sounds good. So um, was there a lot of audio networking there? Because every time I go to the sort of the more pro audio part of, you know, whether it be Mesa or Nam or that, there's like, I mean, it's Dante seems to be one of the most, uh, the most pervasive, not pervasive, but the most uh, dominant uh, formats. But there are a number of, so there's a lot of audio networking, right? Yes, I do see a lot of that going on there and uh, a lot of hardware products. I'm not that deep in that aspect of our business, so I don't tend to devote a lot of my attention to it, but I saw a lot of it. And and also possibly interesting is in the Javits Center, uh, right next to where AES is taking place is NAB, which is the National Association of Broadcasters. So you've got some overlap in the functions of those two. And I imagine that that part of it was present in both. Um, but certainly it was present in AES. I just didn't spend a lot of time with it. Hmm, interesting. Well, just, just going back to the networking thing, if you were about to rig up a new studio or a new facility and you wanted some to do the cabling, would you go multi-core or would you go, would you, would you go maybe uh, networked and have like boxes at either end and see if it would, would that, would that suit better or does that, is there no desire for that? Well, it, I, I can't answer that definitively from my own perspective because I haven't had to design a major facility in a long time. And for a smaller facility, I think I'd probably just run really good cable. Um, but I could be talked out of it and I'd be interested. It's an interesting question absolutely and i don't have a a pat answer for you well okay no i'm just curious about that because i'm we more and more now we're certainly here you know we bought a multi-core to run to the to the stage or the perform the, the area where we do stuff and we haven't actually used it because i just run a single optical cable and i've got an eight channel 
uh, mic preamp, which I just plug everything into that. But, you know, it seems like it, if we had larger facilities, more rooms, it would make sense. Or, or for live work, obviously, that makes a lot of sense. But I really like the idea of getting an actual stage box. I mean, we use the X32, so it would be AES50. But that's one of the things. It's like, which horse did you back? Did you back Betamax or did you back VHS? You know, it's one of those. It's like, well... Behringer is doing the AES-50. Uh, I don't know if they do a Dante card, but if they did a Dante card, it'd mean I'd use up my card port because I want to use the networking because then I'd plug a recording card into the spare slot in the X32. So there's, you know, it's just all of those things that you get when you, if you didn't choose the right format and you have to use up one of your other facilities to change the formats. And format converting between all the various, you know, Maddies and AES-50 and, uh, um, oh, I forget the other one, Dante, that's really expensive. It's like super specialized stuff that you see in broadcast and whatnot. And that they are pricey boxes. I mean, to the to the novice anyway, I'm sure they're not that expensive for what you get, but wow. So I don't know whether I would do that. Um Mr. Mark Tinley, we haven't seen you for ages either. <clears throat> oh no. I've been hiding. You look like you're hiding now. You look like you're crouching on the floor, hiding under the stairs. But you assure me that I, the uh, I kind the of chest am, of drawers. Oh, are you? Okay. No, there's a huge chest of drawers. <laughs> I'm making so much money that I've bought a 74 foot tall chest of drawers. Um, I can That's only just find a very small in, right? microphone. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Pound coins, all all in there. No, I can only find a very small microphone stand. So, um, well, it's yeah, fine. It, so sounds, it's, uh, it sounds. I fine. am on the floor. Sounds and this fine. white rug here actually ah. has got four legs. Look. Oh, yes, it's a dog. There's a leg. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have a nice white sheepskin rug. I've just got a very nice white dog. <laughs> well, Mark Tinley, of course, uh, you are uh, you run Sonus Magus, which is a, sh- a, s- a store in uh, Glastonbury, which last time we spoke to you it was is. doing really well. Yep. And you were selling all sorts of... Uh, not only things that musicians need, but things that musicians didn't know they wanted, I think. You know, curiosities think, and unusual yeah, stuff, did, right? Yep, <laughs> definitely do that. Yeah, and it's going even better, and I might move it to a bigger shop because I thought, well, I don't know. My theory is if I don't pay myself any wages and I just keep buying things, then I'll have loads of stuff, and it will be really interesting, and that seems to have worked so far. Um, so I think uh, I'm about to uh, get the Yamaha dealership if they're nice enough to me to let me have it, uh, which I hope they will be. And uh, I will have Yamaha things in there along with the other stuff. And I bought my um, I bought my first Gibson guitar the other day. Wow. That was weird because I've always avoided doing that. I've always been the guy that goes, oh, look, that costs millions of pounds to do it that way. I wonder if there's a way that I could do it with like a, a – a Tascam Porter Studio and an SM58. And then it's like, can we get the same results uh, without having to spend quite so much money? And that's always been something that I've been curious about. So the idea of buying a Gibson guitar seemed a bit crazy to me. But it's like, well, why buy a Gibson when you could buy a, I don't know, uh, some random Chinese make for a tenth of the price? And now I understand why people play Gibson guitars because I've got this uh, 1959 gibson melody maker and it sounds unbelievable it's like it's like somebody injected it with mick ronson it's kind of got that sound (laughs) without me having to do anything it's like oh i don't need to improve my technique it just sounds good so um i might find it hard to sell that one but there you go so living proof that uh, that sometimes you know because we're all the same thing aren't we you know so what, as an industry yeah. when, you know sometimes you pay for what you get sometimes you pay a bit more for what you're getting and maybe it doesn't get you as much but it gets you to, you get the feel good factor that's that's quite interesting 
Well, I'm well, glad I can't understand that. though. I mean, in terms of guitar pickups, if this guitar pickup was made in 1959, and the voicing means that there's a incredible clarity between different things that I play. So if I play Gene Genie on my cheap guitar, I can't really hear because the chords are quite subtle. The voicing of those chords, um, I can't hear the. Uh, the melody if i'm playing the chord if that makes sense and this right. is, there's a clarity between if you're playing like uh bar chords and melodies within those chords there's a clarity which i can't get on the other guitars and now i'm thinking in 59 years of pickup production i mean why has it got worse that's what i want to know <laughs> why i mean not mm. more modern guitars don't have that kind of edgy clarity that this guitar's got and i I'm not sure it's entirely down to the wood or entirely down to the pickup. It might be a combination. Um, I just, yeah, I think we think we're moving forward sometimes and sometimes we're not. Like the hotter pickup is not necessarily the better pickup. Like more output, more output. We've got to right. overdrive everything more. But then you can't actually work out what anyone's playing. And the same goes for the, all of the music tech stuff. Sometimes we're kind of like careering down this black hole towards these digital this digital that so uh, to answer your earlier question i would lay really good quality cable because if uh not for not in your studio perhaps but if i was uh recording a lot of things coming out of a room i would want them to be separated and all going down a very good quality multi-core i think rather than the digital one but mm. anyway that's an interesting yes. thought all of that from 1959, perhaps maybe that from would 1959. Be the, from yeah, 1959. Uh, well, funny you, men funny you mentioned <laughs> Bowie uh, references in both of those. Uh, this weekend uh, there was a, a tribute act. There's a friends friends of ours. We filmed a video of their tech setup. They just did uh, Bowie Collective. They're called BowieCollective.com, and they do a really big show with kind of projections and uh, all sorts of kind of you know. There's some playback stuff, but they have a, basically a, a band with vocals and uh, two guitarists, and they really they've kind of forensically studied a whole they do like 30 tracks live they're trying to be you know hold the place like the bootleg beatles are the boot the, the definitive beatles oh, right, tribute okay. act they're they're aiming to be the definitive uh, bowie act and that this was their third gig and they've spent uh quite a lot of time because the previous gigs it's taken them like three days to set the show up whereas now they can turn up with two racks you know, some big multi-cores, lock it all together, and they're set up in, like, minutes. Uh, apart, you know, then they've oh, got to do costume changes and stuff. And it, it was really interesting. Uh, and we, we've got an interview coming up with uh, Steve Evans, who's uh, a friend of ours. Uh, he may have been on some Sonic videos in the past, and he, he plays Bowie, but he's also put together a lot of the tech behind it. And it was it was fascinating. So I, that was a great, it was a great gig. It was a little bit compromised. The sound was a, wasn't quite right initially, but when it came together, it was like, okay, you know, the detail was awesome. So, yeah, interesting you should mention that. Oh, right um, i'll have to watch that yeah i i well that, you hopefully you will be on quite soon um so uh yeah let's start with some news then uh enough of this catching up nonsense all right here we go this news uh sequential as they're now called formerly dave smith instruments have uh are now introduced playing synth and creating the Prophet XL which is a 76 note again and again keyboard and Prophet X is really amazing at that because it combines the basic synthesis wave which I've reviewed I mean I don't think like anything much has changed apart from there's an OS update that allows you to uh, play 32 notes paraphonic uh, polyphonically and this is this 
girl is amazing. Everything exciting. She's 19. There's so many stuff happening like these days, so it's just crazy. And like this prophet is pretty insane. <laughs> so many possibilities. But it's easy to understand, so you can spend hours having fun. Anyway, it's one it's it's kind of one it's a slightly sort of abstract video where it's just got players talking about synthesizers there. Domi uh there. She was also there at uh, the Mo DX, the Yamaha Mo DX, uh, and really blew everybody away. I mean she was just you know, she, she is 19, basically, and it, she plays like she's been playing jazz. Fit. Well, she has. She learned from three. And there was uh, uh, some other chaps as well who were there, uh, also from the um, from the Modiac. So sort of some quite jazz. But yeah, the news that there is the brand new uh, sort of update to the Prophet X, which uh, is the, well, the Pro, the Prophet X, which is the XL, 76-note keys, and a new OS update gives you 32-note polyphony, which, as we were, was one of my criticisms in the review, it's just not quite enough for 16 voices, particularly if you're playing sustained pianos and what have you. So there it is. Uh, it's only about 400 bucks more, which seems quite reasonable considering you're getting a new, completely new keyboard. I think it's a sort of a weighted affair as well. So uh, I guess normally... They seem to do the desktop version is the one that comes next. So that's kind of useful. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'll come to you, Rich. You're a player. So it might be, I don't know. Have you had a chance to put your hands on one of these guys yet? Ah, another drink for somebody. Rich is. Right too. Well, <laughs> you see, too. I've been typing a lot and I don't want you guys to hear. I type loud, you know. That's fine. Um, I type like a piano player. Um, no, I haven't played this. But uh, that is a fairly spectacular demo and... I think it's Peter Dwyer, who is a guy I know, who I did a session with, actually, with him and, and Avicii, actually, um, who's in that video. And Gil, of course, just toured with Utopia and is a stunning player. And that young lady is unbelievable for her age or for any age. All the demos, uh, there were four of them, and they were all spectacular and made the instruments sound great and uh, were fun and musical and... I think it did everything that that kind of video needed to do and uh, made me want one. Ah, okay. That's an interesting thought. It is. I mean, I have to say, you know, that it's, again, it's another one of those instruments that came out. I mean, there seems to be uh, delineation. Some of the uh, the kind of more established brands now, you know, the Dave Smiths, the uh, Moogs, the uh, Oberheims, you know, they're, they're just kind of going, well, let's make high-end instruments, which is absolutely fine. But it did come under, people were like, wow, four grand, that's a lot of money for anything. Well, it's expensive, you know? yeah. It, uh, but, it costs you know, a lot of money. It, it costs a lot of money, but that's just the way it goes. Uh, but yeah, so that's what they've gone with that one, and you can get 76 kit. I think it's pre-order now, but it, uh, it, it's not massive news in itself, but it's just, it's it's a deviation from the way that Dave Smith usually do it. But but I do remember when it came out, um, people were saying, are you going to do a bigger one? And there was no initial plan, so I guess that's good. Matt, I don't know if there's any point in coming to you with this because you're not really a keyboard guy, but um, have you <laughs> have you checked up, have you checked the X out, the technology of the X at all? Uh, yeah, the thing you're absolutely right. I'm not. I it would be no good in my hands, but um, I imagine it's going to be great for 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 those players. You got the semi weighted keyboard in there. I think the things that excite me more are there's things like the four syncable LFOs with slew and phase offset, which yeah. would be quite interesting. And there's the other thing I really enjoy working with is uh, loopable envelope generators. So for me, I'm, I'm, you know, and and how all of that modulates together, and there's the sixteen slot mod matrix within it. So for me, that's where I start looking at things, and I start get excited in terms of how I would use this. Not being a player, um, 
But uh, just worth mentioning, there's also the 150 gigabytes of sample content in this one by 8DO. Yeah. Um, as well, which is quite interesting to. So I, I don't know if that might be the first time they've partnered with them. Uh, yeah, well, the, the, that's right. The original instrument had, had that. I don't know if they've upgraded it. I mean, there was, I think there was a, a, an update, a, a sample pack that came out from 8DO that you could buy mm. and load in. But it, it, it seemed like that they were sampling classic Dave Smith and uh, sequential okay. circuit instruments, which sort of felt a bit of a, a, an odd way to go. But I haven't had a chance to check that out. But yeah, I don't know if they, well, that yeah. comes as part of it. Well, I mean, you've got you've got loop manipulation and uh, sample stretching within those samples. So I'd be quite interested to see what sort of sample stretching that is and what that can do, uh, whether you can set, you know, you can stretch samples to a particular BPM without things changing in pitch. No, it doesn't. You don't get that. You don't get time stretch on that ah. side of things. It, it's, it's, it's basic from that point Damn. of view. But uh, yeah, that's it's, it. it it's a, as an instrument, in. as a playable thing, it definitely is quite compelling. But it's it, again, it's the sort yeah. of thing that if you could justify the expense of it, then you might need it. But it's not the sort of thing that perhaps you have to have if you want to play keyboards. Certainly looks heavy. It's not, yeah. um, I know it's designed for <laughs> studio and live, but it's. I don't think I'd want to look it around. But I mean, it's. I'm sure this thing's a beast. I'm sure it's great. I'm sure if I had it in in the studio, I, I would love it. To be honest, yeah. Well, you um, probably would actually. Yeah, it does. It does. I'd need someone good. like you play it really watch the review that's the easiest thing okay. hey mark I, I don't know i don't suppose this sort of product kind of uh is is on your radar specifically i mean we probably talked about Not the hugely. x i don't i don't remember if I'm you very were on the excited show by the it... red wheels all right very excited by the red wheels but but i'd like i'm not really a player either in terms of keyboards so uh having more keys is just going to make it harder <laughs> But I yeah. love I love profit stuff, and would I, I, in terms of having that synth engine sitting on my desk in in front of my computer, so I could compose with it, it would be a nice thing to have, definitely. Yeah, it is nice. I, one thing that is worth saying it's um, it's got the profit twelve synth engine, so the, they're DCOs rather than VCO, so they do sound a bit different to the mm. Rev two or the uh, not that uh, I'm not sure if they're even DCOs, they're DSP, so. They're not even DC. Do you see what I mean? So they do sound a little bit different, yeah. but it's it, it uh, so it's missing a touch of that kind of charisma uh, that you get from like the OB6 desktop and that sort of side of things. But yeah, it's cool. Um, available soon, I think, uh, at priced about four thousand three hundred ninety-nine wow. bucks. So yeah, it's up there, but not as expensive as yeah. a Moog one. But we'll we'll we'll, we'll sidestep that one. Um, <laughs> I should briefly mention because Matt, the one of the things you were talking about with uh, the uh, modulation and that side of things was um uh was probably relevant to this particular video which is one that uh, rich popped in oh. this is the cypher 2 uh, f expansion and i do i know we i don't know if we've talked about this but i listened to these demos and th this is a great set of demos but there are some great audio demos as well which are truly astonishing we think this might be a Parisi brother playing because it's so well accomplished. It does sound nice. Yeah, also the style of the playing. Right. In a minute, he gets into some stuff that sounds very Parisi-like. <laughs> but what you can this hear is there's lots, there's lots of audio right model. Well, I, 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 it really... It, this. this is, yeah, this is Marco stuff, isn't it? Mm -hmm. 
Gypsy Jazz. I have to say, Rich, I'm so glad you brought this because this this made me smile at almost every single preset, and I really did enjoy this. But this is, yeah, the new. Uh, this is this has been this has been out, and we have covered it in the news. I'm not sure if we did cover it at any great depth, um, but there's the biggest selection of uh, of kind of MPE patches in one place. But there's this really good. Um, uh, what we get? We get analog model expressive synth, about 1300 expertly expertly crafted presets, and 500 of which are for MPE, which is the biggest biggest lot there have been for ages yeah it's up to 700 now is it right uh transmodder i mean it's scalable there was one i'm trying to see if i can find it but i think it might have been this one there was just this amazing sound there's just there's, there's a ton of stuff in here which is really, uh, yeah, really nice. See if I can find the... Yeah, this was it. Very organic. And this is controlled by, via uh, MPE. Presumably the Roly. Because uh, Roly own F-Expansion, it should also be pointed out. I don't know, Matt. I, I, I know that uh, yeah. in terms of modulation and that side of, uh, of stuff, you were... Yeah. Uh, and this, this is one of the synths I, uh, a synth that I haven't really listened to very much. But I'm, I'm thinking this is, this feels like something yeah. new and something really quite special. Yeah, this is great. I got the original. Um, what was the the pack called when it all first came out? The Decam pack, I think it was the set of all of the the synthesizers that came out. Um, so you had Cipher and Strobe and what have you. And I, I knew some of the guys there at F Expansion back in the day, and I was really blown away by what they'd done here with these particular synthesizers. Uh, aside from all the modulation and all the crazy stuff you can do with it, um, I don't know if you know, but when they brought out these range of plugins, what they actually did was they would go to things like the SH101 and a Juno, and they would open it up and they would do kind of point-to-point calculations between individual components rather component than model just stuff right component modeling exactly yeah rather than just taking the output and looking at that on an, and analyzing it and then encoding decoding that into software parameters so um yeah i remember i remember beta testing them and crikey being blown away and i still use it i've got them installed now and they're my go-to since definitely these this cypher update is is absolutely is absolutely great. I think I'm going to update this and and the strobe too as well. Strobe's uh, a favourite of mine. I think that re- originates from the kind of SH101 world, whereas Cipher's more. Um, I think Cipher was a little bit more of your string synthesizer originally uh, in Cipher One. Um, but I like what they've done here. I like these guys. I, I like what they're thinking in terms of modulation. Yeah, it's it's not only is it really easy to implement using the actual GUI that they've got, which I, I'm quite a fan of now. Um, the way that you can just send modulation sources to each other and turn it up and down. That's really good. But the amount of modulation you can have going on within one synthesizer and just do some great stuff. And when you get into the AM and the FM sounds. Um, they sound musical, if that makes sense, rather than just 
kind of obliterated sort of you know craziness you can get there as well but i find them quite very musical to use particularly when you modulate modulate them like crazy yeah uh, well i mean it does sound like a really impressive machine it's about 159 quid i think uh yeah i mark this sort there's, of an update. there's an upgrade Sorry. if you're if you've got the ah, original pack i think there's an upgrade f- uh for about 79 quid if if you've got the first one or something like that as well, well. seems very reasonable uh, mark this sort mm. of that seems like it might be a bit more up your street the, the kind of notion of this yeah. kind of mad modulation and obviously being in the boxes is helpful for for people who are moving around a lot and can't lug all their kit with them Sounded good to me. There was a lot of, um, I mean, like Matt said, you've got like something that sounds like usable FM noise kind of uh, uh, melded into something that sounds like kind of filtered but big and wide. So it sounds like it would be useful for sort of cinematic kind of things because there's a lot of like uh, spatial width in some of those sounds and like nice smooth Mm. filtering but with that. Uh, the FM stuff seems quite well integrated and those broken sounds quite often it's quite difficult to make those work within a sound so it does sound quite interesting I don't I don't know that I've even heard of this it's on version two you see that's I've been hiding in that shop so long I've mm-hmm. missed this entire synthesizer <laughs> I well, probably well, ought to download the demo and try it yeah actually. well there is it there is, there yeah. is a demo available uh, you can download it from uh, fxpansion.com uh, rich uh, rich even. God, I don't know yes. what's going on, but you you were you, you brought this up <laughs> Your actually, turn. because I know you're a now big fan. Now we can take a drink for you. Yeah, you're a big fan. I <laughs> know oh, you. You wouldn't stand a chance on this one. I, I'm already. Uh, I don't know how many in. Um, I know you're a big fan of uh, the Prezi Brothers and a fan of the Roly stuff. I mean, have you tried Cipher uh, too? Because it's definitely seems to be a good fit. You've got it installed, then, right? Oh, is that release, that? Veloc- release velocity there? That was. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. It's a... Yeah, nice. Yeah, I love this thing. Um, I'm just starting to dig into it um, deeply because it's a lot to listen to. There's 700 presets mm. that match this thing, and then there's hundreds more that don't, that are just regular MIDI synth type it just sounds fantastic i love the interface pretty much matt summed it up very clearly and i don't really have that much to add i i to me because i got strobe two first and fell in love with it this thing is like a bigger strobe two to me it's got multiple oscillators it's got more fm it's got more modulation sources it's good but it's just like a big uh, i like your analogy about uh it strobe two being more like a, a roland juno style voicing and this thing is just much more elaborate but they kind of lay out the same and they kind of operate the same. And I love the way they route the modulations as Matt pointed out. So, uh, yeah, I'm impressed. And that's why I kind of called it to your attention. Yeah. And, and as we saw again, you know, lovely demo from, uh, whichever one of the Parisis it, it may have yeah, been. I'm pretty sure that was Marco. Okay. Is he the one who looks a bit like D'Artagnan? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, you know, Jack doesn't not look like D'Artagnan. Uh, you know, Jack plays drums mostly on blocks uh, and can blow you away on the blocks playing drums. It's ridiculous wow. how good he is. Excellent. Well, yeah. I mean, this, but if you're looking for something that's kind of a, a, a new, just gives you some new capabilities. Because as we know, I mean, the only in recent years, probably probably the eighteen months or so. 
audio rate modulation in software has become more viable because up to now, it, it, before then, mm. it, it was just, it, it wasn't really viable with the kind of DSP uh, code, it, the coding techniques that were available. So there's been these kind of great revolutions in in making it very high resolution without the aliasing. So there's been, uh, and obviously uh, Cypher 2 draws on that. And that's something, I, I don't know who it is who's coded it because I remember there was a guy called Angus who used to be the, Angus, the main guy yeah. behind it. And whether he's yeah. he's also done a lot of that stuff. I imagine it's probably the input of more than one person on a, on a synth of this scale, but it does look like it's yeah. going to be good fun. It's worth noting as well with this, you're getting, you've got some really good reverbs in there. Um, you've got this kind of crazy pattern delay, multi-tap delay stuff. That's pretty interesting. And they've got this kind of what they call a dirty DAC output modeling on it. So if you want this kind of slightly lo-fi digital to analog conversion sound to the output, you can whack that on there as well. So um, it's a bit of a beast. It's, it's, I think it's a bargain as well for the price. I think it's priced really well. And particularly if you're upgrading as well, 70-odd quid, happy days. Yeah, well, fair enough. Oh, that's good. I'm glad that's something that everybody feels kind of uh, unanimous about, really. And also, <laughs> you know, the, the the way that it's pushing forward this sort of and bringing front and centre this alternative expressivity via MPE. I mean, it feels like, I mean, I know there are other ways to do it. You know, we've got the Linstrument and we've got uh, uh, the Huck and Continuum. It feels like Roly are really... Mm -hmm have positioned themselves in you know in, in one of the definitive mpe controllers you know it feels like they really are kind of getting it right and i know it's it's been very slow because it's as with we we've bang on about this quite a lot you know the 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 adoption of new technology when it's not quite as familiar as we'd like it we're we're actually quite a conservative bunch and it does require a lot of technique modification and and, and work i know rich you've been putting a lot of work and effort into to learning that but you're finding it very rewarding so it's one of those things that feels like it's worth the effort, right? Well, to me, it certainly is. And and one of the main reasons why the thing is so viable to us is because of Marco. I really believe this, that his he's an astounding player. And, and it's not easy to do what he does on a normal keyboard and try doing it on this thing. And it's just, it's incredible what he does. And uh, he really makes the thing speak. And I... Whatever they're paying them, they should multiply it by ten, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, maybe they will. We'll we'll put that to them next time we see. Next time I see Roland mm. Lamb, I'll, uh, I'll mention it. You should pay that guy more. Okay. I'd like to meet Roland Lamb. We have a lot to talk about. Okay, well that's fair enough. Right. Well, uh, I, what we'll do now is uh, let's just have a, a brief interlude from our friends over at Isotope. Uh, we'll play a short message and then we'll get into the competition results. RX continues to be the industry standard and leader in audio repair for music and post-production. And with RX-7, we've introduced groundbreaking new ways to quickly and easily fix and manipulate audio. Take the game-changing Repair Assistant, an intelligent helper that can detect noise, clipping, clicks, hum, and more. Also new in RX-7 is Music Rebalance, a powerful source separation tool. Drums too loud, vocals not loud enough, Let's fix that. You can also create instrumental versions of songs by removing the vocal elements. You can now alter the pitch without affecting the timing of your audio, and conversely, alter the time without affecting the pitch with the new variable time and variable pitch modules. Using the new dialog contour, you can improve the performance of a line or even create a new performance by altering the pitch contour 
of the dialogue, therefore adjusting the intonation of the speaker and introducing Dialogue D-Reverb, a module powered by machine learning to reduce the presence of reverberations around dialogue. RX-7, a new frontier in audio repair. Indeed it is. I want to say thank you to them for providing the prize for the competition, which uh, we'll just announce the winner from last week. Uh, last week, we asked you to tweet the hashtag vocal removal and RX7, and we got a winner, uh, somebody called Rust, who's actual... Now, this... I, I don't know what it is. I keep saying I keep picking people with handles that are almost impossible to pronounce, and I don't know how you pronounce this one, because it's D-0-G-G-E-H, so Dogger, but with a zero, so I don't know how you would do that. So if you want to get in touch, Rust slash Dogger, uh, then... Uh, They've tweeted uh, those hashtags, uh, and they also, hey, random, num random, random number generator, pick me. Well, there you go. It did. And what do you know? Uh, so, yes, please do get in touch. And uh, the competition this week, uh, we're looking for the hashtag DeclipDeplosive. Uh, which isn't easy to say very many times. I seem to be giving myself more trouble than I'm worth. Uh, DeclipDeplosive uh, and RX7. The hashtag RX7 as one word to at Sonic State and at Isotoping. I'll say that again. The hashtag Declip Deplosive, that's all one word. And the hashtag RX7 to at Sonic State and at Isotoping will get you entered to the competition. And we thank them for uh, providing us with a prize for this week. So uh, let's see what's you next. Should get, uh, you should get them to deplosive the last things that you just said because you managed quite a good plosive on the I P did there, didn't I? Well, I, I have yeah. got. I was thinking that. It's funny. And that should be part of the competition. Whoever deplosives that the best. Yeah, <laughs> well, go. maybe so. I don't think it would be very. That's the thing. It's not actually very difficult in RSF. You just go deplosive that. No, go, no. All right then. Uh, uh, well, so, they haven't got it yet, have they? <laughs> no, I suppose not. <laughs> Um, okay, so ah, here we go. Here's uh, what did I get to? We did the site. Um, um, how about this? This more TC hardware stuff. This is another lovely demo. Uh, stereo modulation. It's another from TC Electronic, which is actually kind of a hardware interface for the software plugin. And the, the guitar sound in this is just. It's so appealing, I have to say, even before any effects go on it. And it's a, a sort of remake of... This used to be in like lots of pro guitarists' rack in the 80s and engineers, you know, but it, it, it's a very definitive... And it was very clean for its time as well. And it's what? I think it's... I thought I had the price here. 135 quid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I could listen to that because it's just such an appealing guitar tone. But th this seems to be quite a new thing. And obviously, we've seen it with, uh, we've seen this variation happening with, with synths with controllers. We've seen it happening with mixers and controllers, effects and controllers, or, or you know, uh, certainly the the the, the uh, um, soft tube uh, console one, which seems to be doing very well. Seems to have kind of hit a resonance. They're selling a lot of those. So this, I'm wondering whether effects need this kind of thing because back in the day, you know, there used to be mm. the uh, LRC control in the middle, and you know these these things which kind of you put in your console. We we're, we're not having yeah. quite so much room here with these. So I'm wondering if this is a thing. Do you think this is a thing that's going to take off and, and really going to go play? I'll go to you, Mark, because I mean I know you used to work in a lot of bigger studios, and you know probably remember the LRC and the uh, there was a there was a great one for the Yamaha Rev One, which looked like the center of a spaceship, and it very it was almost like a, a, an an accessory you had to have in your studio to be taken seriously. And whereas this is, yep. you know, a very different thing, but it still <clears throat> has a purpose. I love the way that, that I love the way that it looks, but 
but there's a but isn't there yeah i love the way that it looks and i want one just because i like the way that it looks it could have those lined up you know when i'm working on stuff to just press buttons on but how long are they going to support it for because if i go out and buy the hardware version of that from 20 years what is it 30 years ago probably now um i can put that in a rack and i can utilize it and it will work but in 30 years time will this piece of hardware still be supported or will it just be like many 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 pieces of plastic i have come through my shop where people walk in and they go i found this mate is it worth anything and i'm kind of like well no it's totally unsupported and there's no drivers for it and you if you want to run mac os 10.4 yes it might be useful for something but actually realistically no mate you just want to chuck it in a skip so i don't know i don't want to be too cynical but let's stop throwing things you know things just go in landfill all the time and it's a nice looking thing that if it's supported Shall I well, say I wonder, everything again or stopping I, now? Okay. No, I, I wonder if it's... I, mean, I just I do, said everything twice, sorry. <laughs> no, I do wonder if it's uh, if it's actually got, you know, just generic MIDI control mode. I can't tell from the, the, the detail If here, it but, has that and you could utilise it in other ways, then it's brilliant and I want one. Well, I want one anyway, but... <laughs> Yeah, it's got it's got that sort of appeal, hasn't it? That uh, like, you know the yeah. Volkers did, and the and the, the the little boutiques, they just sort of feel they've made something desirable, even though you might not necessarily need it. I know, Rich. I mean, I'm guessing also you spend spend have spent and do spend time in big studios where these things have a function because the master unit was so massive, and you'd leave it. You know, it would be in a room somewhere, and you'd have this remote control for it. This isn't quite so necessary, but you know, do you need? Do you need that level of control for effects? I mean, is it something you're likely to be wanting to tweak in real time a lot? I think that there are plenty of people who will um, because knob twisting is a very popular sport these days and hardware interfaces for software-driven processing makes perfect sense to me as a product in this, in this climate. And the thing sounds fantastic. No question about it. It sounds great. So yeah, I think it's a cool product. I didn't catch the price. Do you recall what the it's price? It's one hundred and thirty-five pounds, so probably one hundred and forty bucks, I'd imagine, including the hardware controller. Yeah, I believe so. That's quite reasonable. Okay, yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? It's a heck of a nice chorus box you got there. Yeah, well, I suppose a guitar pedal for that. I mean, obviously, it doesn't work in the same way. Uh, I, I mean, we should point out that Behringer own TC Electronic. That's probably why the price points are being hit so low because they just. You know, can stamp them out in their massive factory. So, you know, fair. Well, if I'd it. known that, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting also that because uh, TC Electronic made the original, uh, TC Electronic are making this. Presumably, the original would have been not DSP; it would have been circuitry. So they must have modelled their own circuitry in DSP because they moved they moved mm. further into DSP. So that's that's just an interesting product mm. uh, evolution, I think. I know, Matt. What do you think? I yeah. I think it would look great in yeah. your studio. Don't you reckon, I mean, um, Rich just said it really, this is the era where we're, we're getting back into tactile knob twiddling and that's where we are. It would look great here, sat here somewhere. Um, I'm totally with Rich on this one. I, I think this is a great product and I think hardware, the design of it looks really great. I think having tactile control people are into, and if you can now, look, we're in 2018, you can produce a product of this level, this quality, and it's hardware for under 150 quid, and it's sat there and it sounds that great. Um, 
Well, this is this, is a, this isn't hardware though. This, not, uh, this is the controller hardware, for the plugin. Oh, I beg your pardon. Yeah. It's just the control. Oh, oh, I see. Right, I'm with you. Yeah. So I thought it was actually housed inside. Then still, I'd be happy with this. I was wondering if there was a um, the size of the controller was a particular standard, like a, you know, like a U is measured on uh, on here. Um, to see more of these, really. Uh, I mean, I know Mark's opinion about things just being plastic and things going to landfill, but imagine if more of these things were coming out of that size for different plugins. I'd love stuff for the Sound Toys plugins that I use a lot. The only reason I said that is because I know that in about maybe, what, should we give it seven or eight years' time, um, somebody's going to go, oh, we should move all VSTs to 128-bit. And then maybe in about 10 years' time, they'll go, oh, we don't need to support any of the 64-bit stuff anymore, do we? And so we're, you know, 12, 15 years down the line, TC aren't going to re-release that as a 128-bit plug-in, are they, for VST? Well, they might do. So it'll suddenly get less, but left behind. Yeah, but... Uh, there'll be a bridge. Yeah, they, they let's, might. Let's look, there, there's be, there'll right, be a there'll bridge. Be a bridge for, and okay, there'll be a bridge. I'll for stop being okay, sick. but but the other thing, the other thing about <laughs> this is, you know, it, it again it, it introduces the notion of the idea. I mean, if you could get that DSP to run, say, on a Pi or something, just a little module that had enough grunt mm-hmm. to run one instance of that DSP that you could control That's a good specifically idea. with that hardware, then we're starting yep. to see. You know, then then it's starting really to get really idea. interesting. You know, because it's yeah. not just tied to your CPU. If it's just if it, all it has to do is communicate via USB and the code sits on whatever CPU could run it, then that's something that I would look. You know, because as we've seen, you know that there's more and more wrappers uh, and uh, Linux-based stuff. Uh, uh, indeed, you know the uh, you c- you can run. Um, uh, VCV rack on Linux. You know, this is one thing. I I sent my uh, my Korg yeah. uh, development board, which was the uh, development board for the Prolog. Sent it to a, a listener of the podcast, and he said in return he would try and get VCV rack running on a, a Pi and send me the image, so I could then have that running here and kind of go. So then I've got modules. You know, so the idea of being able to run something like this in yeah on a dedicated piece of hardware that, that could be yet? interchangeable. No, well, no, unfortunately not. It hasn't, Mark. But I think that's where. That's the missing link for this kind of stuff. Yeah, all day. Keep going, and then if you but then if you can yeah. create your own image and you just go, well, I'm just going to put it on. You know, here it is. This is that would be brilliant. That's the thing I plug it into. You know, so all I need is that, <laughs> yep. and you know, there we go. I like the idea of that. I think you know, again, someone's got to do it soon, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm yep. hoping that this this is a sign of them just testing the waters, maybe of of things to come in the future. Who knows? Maybe so. Rich, you sounded like you wanted to come in there. There are guitar pedals that do that, that allow you to <laughs> load software yeah. and and provide different yeah. functionality. And you can even change them from gig to gig if you were so yeah. inclined. Em- Empress, um, I think, yeah. is one of them. Yeah. They're not brilliant, though. I've no, I understand that, but the concept, they, the concept does the live concept, in though, some yeah. form of hardware. Yeah. Yeah. I, think what, I think what Nick's saying is it becomes an open source thing where I could go to a website, download an image, which would include all of my VCV, put that uh, on an SD card, put it into my Raspberry Pi, switch my Pi on, and it becomes a synthesizer. And then mm. I take one of these controllers and I plug it into the USB port and I've got hardware control over basically that black box that Nick just showed us. So it becomes like absolute, you know, it goes from being the most complex rocket science to the most basic 
it no more different really than taking your photos on and off your camera on your SD card. Well, that, yeah, that people would make are it making really interesting accessibility basically. Yeah. Well, people are making cross-platform software that will do some version of that without the actual uh, SD card transferring portion. But I mean, arguably, Korg's gadget will do some version of what you're describing without actually having to take something from source a and put it in source b you could actually but how much is a but i do makes what about accessibility in terms of price though because a raspberry pi costs like 40 bucks doesn't it or something right right what well, this, this theoretically runs on the computers you've already gotten and mobile devices yeah. you've already gotten cost well i mean 30 it, to 50 bucks but but it, it's just again conceptually it's not exactly the same thing as what you're describing but some form of these kinds of things is starting to emerge well, I suppose Good. the other thing, if, if they ran, if they ran this, I, I don't see if it renders. It runs, it runs as uh, says uh, VST audio units AAX. If they went AUV three, you could run it on your iPad, presumably plug the thing into a hub, and have your iPad running the effects, and then just have you know this box. So I mean, it, no, it, it's still you know a four hundred dollar entry mm. point to have the iPad as well. But I mean, there are mm. there, there should be other ways to get in because I mean ultimately we're well, but we're interested in the algorithm and the hardware. We don't really care about yeah whether it checks the email or anything. so <laughs> And a device that's essentially a host for various things and allows you to route signals in various ways. It, so that you it's can funny, it isn't it? Yeah, them. exactly. Where yeah. we've been I mean, there got, before. Who remembers this, uh, the SM Pro Audio uh, box? I can't remember what it was. But, you know, I've got uh, one. Fee Machine. Fee yeah, Machine. It's utterly brilliant. My V machine is uh, an Ensonic SQ80, so it has that running in it as a VST, and a couple of other weird drum machine things that are 32-bit VSTs that I can't put on my 64-bit machine. So um, it just sits there, and it's a it's like a standalone sampler. It's almost like having a an SQ80 in my kind of setup without having to have an SQ80. That's interesting, as I've I've got yeah. one of those and I could never get it working. <laughs> it oh, wasn't really? much fun. Okay. To, yeah, it was accessibility again. Um, ah, but yeah. Well, your accessibility point is that the only way you can talk to it is by using a computer that's got Mac OS ten point four on it. <laughs> ah, well, there we go. You have yeah. to you have to have an old computer to talk to it, or some weird version of Windows. And uh, there's a strange driver that you have to get to get them to talk to each other, but it's possible. Yeah, I wasn't sure that I didn't fry mine with a sort of aborted software update. But you get my point. I mean, we we shouldn't be too far away from this. And it, then once you just because we're like we say we we want the algorithm and we need some audio I/O. But just a basic thing with like a stereo in and out, or you know it goes over network audio, whatever it may be. We don't care how mm. it gets there. It's just then we can access this thing, and it's not necessarily tied to the computer. And it could even be something that we want to use live. I mean, if if the code would run on a Pi fast enough you know with low enough latency you could use it in all sorts of ways it just starts to you know these are the sort of things i think that are, are missing a little bit nice that's my point it's yeah. more likely to come in the form of a purpose-driven host than yeah. some generic form in other words it makes sense from a marketing standpoint for some company to put this thing together and build it into a yeah, box yeah, rather yeah, than okay. A well, Raspberry we, uh, Pi-style device, uh, but I get Mark's I get Mark's idea, yeah. and it's true. It could have, it could be running a Raspberry Pi inside that box, but it it'll have to take some kind of marketable. It, it probably well, was, it probably won't look like the uh, teenage engineering you know synths with the circuit boards basically hanging outside, <laughs> and, you know, a couple of 
couple of tweak points on you know probably won't look like that it's interesting though isn't it because we've been here before we had the v machine that's what nearly 10 years mm-hmm. old probably what was the other thing that was yeah. uh, that there was a, a really successful vst hosting system that for a long time was the the fact in iraq wasn't it yeah i forget what the yep. name of it is now um yeah I've, i can't remember gosh it's gone we had duende sure. didn't you ssl duende that was hosting compressors and eqs and that kind of thing I think that required right. a computer, though, that you had to load. So it was just the DSP it hosted, not the actual, uh, yes. the OS yeah. as well. But I think, no, yeah. The TC has power core. Yeah. And maybe you're right. But, yeah, it's it, it's almost like maybe we're ready now. Maybe the technology is ready for us to, to, to do that, whereas before it was it was actually quite, it was, you know, pretty yeah. advanced. And I'd like to talk to somebody from UA about why it's useful to keep it proprietary (laughs) because like they basically do this, but only with their own stuff and their own hardware attached, you know, even if it's freestanding and you just connect it with a cable as they have some products that do, it's still uh, proprietary to their software. Well, it makes commercial sense because they can protect both the hardware and the software and it's just built in. The thing you were talking about, Nick, is the Muse receptor. That's right. That was it. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was massive for a while, and there were lo- we did loads yeah. of videos of videos on that with uh, a guy called Brian Lancer. Um, yeah, that's right. Uh, Are they the still on the go, or is, or did that is that no longer a thing? The Muse receptor. I'm not sure. I think to be it's honest, still going. I don't know. Is it? That's a good question. Uh, we could probably find out, but it feels it's probably been superseded a little bit because computing has become so much more powerful that. You know, yeah. it's not not so much. Ne- uh, I think yes. that was the big draw. Pentium Four. Uh, hold on, here we go. Uh, Muse Research and Development Inc. has exited the uh, uh, hardware business in order to concentrate on licensing IP to other manufacturers uh, to take the award-winning receptor technology to the next level. There you go. So that's Ooh. your answer. Oh. They are and they aren't. Okay. They don't make the hardware anymore. Um, Right. Anyway, uh, right. What was the other thing? Oh, this was. The, I'm going to play this one because I just love uh, the notion of this. And this this came about because uh, when we went to uh, <clears throat> when we went to New York to see the Modex, uh, the guy who took us there, a guy called Gavin, he recently he before he joined the keyboard and tech department, he'd worked with drums for ages, and he was saying, "You've got to check this out. You've got to check this out." And th- so uh, this is me checking it out. Well, not me. Somebody else. This PMT TV. Hi guys, Joff from Professional Music Technology here. Uh, we're here with Simon looking at the new Yamaha EAD system. Uh, so Simon, give us a little bit of a rundown on what this thing does. Okay, uh, it's EAD um, stands for Electronic Acoustic Drums and it's a device for capturing and changing the sound of your acoustic drum kit. Cool. So I guess let's see what it sounds like. Yeah. So uh, while he plays, essentially what you've got is a multi-field stereo mic and a trigger input two trigger inputs and it records and processes the mics picking up the whole kit and takes a drum kick the kick trigger to trigger the the kick drum against it and there's a snare trigger if you want it as well so there's he goes runs through various different kits and there's dsp in the box 
So, I, I mean, I, as I famously say, I won't play the whole thing, but the concept of the, you know, because we've all, <laughs> we've all mic'd up stereo drum kits, you know, a drum kit with a stereo mic and maybe a kick drum and that's it. And, you can, you know, in the right room, you can get a great sound, but it requires careful placement, a nice sounding kit. I mean, depending on what sort of sound you're going for. And what this does is you bolt the, uh, the, the the mic either on the front or the back of the bass drum and it picks up the kit around it. And it has pretty good sound rejection properties. I've been watching some videos where people have been using it live. So they take the stereo feed out of the thing, send a kick drum, maybe have another mic on, you know, the hi-hat, say, if they want to take that separately. And that's it. And that will give you a, a, an editable and a triggerable kick. You can also put, like I say, another pad in for the snare. And then the overheads and the rest of the kit is picked up by the mic. It just seems really blindingly obvious and it's all handled the internal dsp handles the process in the mic you compress it it kind of handles rejection pretty well i i'm uh i'm wondering what you think about that it handles rejection pretty well that, that wasn't a, a reference i don't handle i don't handle, handle rejection all that well that's why i came no. to you first rich uh, um, <laughs> so uh, so it's a, it seems like a really no-brainer idea. It seems like a very clever idea and and in some ways you know i mean okay it's not going to sound as great as you know you or somebody who's got years of experience micing up a drum kit, spot micing it, getting that. But as a sort of bolt it on, get it going, it seems like a really interesting concept. Is this a V-drum killer? I mean, does this allow you to do the V-drums without actually having to play on a different device? Well, kind of, yeah, but it's not set. You know, it's not, you don't get multiple outputs. You don't get, uh, you know, you don't get that many triggers, but you do get uh, the other stuff. Well, as somebody who sort of doesn't like V-drums very much, um, it's not a product for me, but I can see why it exists, and it seems like it would be an effective product and a marketable product for people. But uh, it's not something that interests me personally. I guess the th- I feel yeah, like I-, I feel like one of the sharks on Shark Tank right now. Um, <laughs> so I'm so I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe I don't know, Matt. If you record live drums that often, but it seems like it could be a very quick and immediate way. Because one of the things that they said when they yeah. were. Uh, I watched some of the preamble uh, for the product videos. There are lots of people who do drum covers and stuff, you know, so they might go, here's me playing Steve Gadd, Toto, whatever it may be. And to get that sound, you need like thousands and thousands of dollars worth of kits, microphones, and the knowledge and the ability to do it. I mean, with this, you're not going to get exactly the same by any stretch, but it seems like a really, it just seems like a really innovative and interesting idea. Yeah, I think he's cracking. And sometimes I do play with a live drummer actually with the with the modular. Um, uh, so and, and my background as well, working in studios and recording drums, I've done a lot of that. So this is quite a really interesting approach to it. I, I couldn't quite figure out though, what does it kick out? Does it actually kick out a recording, Nick, or does it just kick out a stereo output that you would then record into a DAW? Um, uh, yeah, quite... uh, 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 it, st- it sends out a stereo. Uh, if I've got some pictures here, let's see if I can make. Yeah, it bigger. stereo mix coming out, or over maybe over USB as well. I think it's just a stereo mix. Okay. Uh, I mean, yes, if it could if it could handle MIDI as well, that would be pretty awesome. That's the so sense. Just you got... can plug in foot controllers, which you can you can then manipulate stuff on the fly as well. Because, like you said, it's got DSP on board, so you've got compression and reverbs and things like that. Um, I think this also could be a ah, good one for... I'm sorry, here we go. Uh, My mistake. Uh, looks like it's got a, a, a host port and a, and a, and a B-type port. Yeah. 
And then you've got outputs and uh, left and right and, and six inputs. I'm not quite sure what goes on with that, but that looks... So it's fairly basic. I mean, I guess the thing is it's trying to simplify the concept of just micing up a kit and getting a kind of, in some way, a live kit sound with DSP that's dedicated to processing that stereo mic to get as much out of the kit as you can without having to get too tweaky. Yeah, whack it in a, in a rehearsal room while you're rehearsing away uh, and, and get a decent sound from your drums when you come back and listen to your rehearsal with the band. Uh, that's that's the initial way that I could think of using it. I think in a studio, um, I would go into a studio and I'd mic the drum kit up how I'd want it yeah. to sound. But for those that can't afford it, I mean, this is $629. So, you know, if you, if you can afford this, then you could set up a drum kit anywhere, essentially, um, and, and get a pretty good sound from it. What I like about this is that you're going to get all the nuance from the drummer still you're going to get you know all the the, the nuances on the hi-hats and the fills and the feel and the velocity and all that hopefully all of that's still retained in the final uh output uh, well uh, I yeah could... i'm just looking at this it's actually uh you can import your own samples as well so you can use it if you're just triggering the occasional sample you can add additional pads to trigger those samples so it's extendable uh it will record audio by the looks of things a record and playback 16-bit okay. stereo uh i'm just seeing functions usb audio and midi so yeah you're right so you could okay. actually so you can take out the so yeah they're starting to look quite useful in that respect yeah absolutely if uh if you can take the midi from that kick and snare trigger as well and record that into a DAW in real time, you end up with audio and you end up with essentially all the MIDI for things. And then you can do quite a lot with that afterwards. So in a room like this, which is you want record drums in here, um, you know, we could set up a kit in the corner and stick this in there and I could get something pretty quickly, you know, get some pretty good results. That's probably quite use usable really. Not cheaper than going and hiring a studio for four hours, I suppose. Yeah, could well be. Um, mm, Mark, it's, nice. it's a Yamaha piece of equipment. Look at that. And you're looking for a Yamaha dealership. This could be just the thing to start <laughs> okay. off your journey with Yamaha, right? I was thinking more about those weird guitars that don't have bodies, but, you know, the, the uh, silent guitar. Um, no, so drums. Okay, I put my brain back on drums for a second. I, if I want to record drums, um, for me, I well, depending what it is that I'm doing, actually. But if I was recording a band and we were developing the song, I hate V drums. I don't want V drums anywhere near anything. I want like original, real drum kit waveforms. So. If this doesn't give me original real drum kit waveforms, if I haven't got any raw material to work No, it does. With, it's got a stereo mic as well, so it records the sort of but tops. So you're saying it gives me a stereo output, though? Or does it give me... It doesn't give me a multi-track drum I track, don't does it? believe so, but that's not something I can... Because I think uh, the problem with all this DSP stuff is if we process stuff with DSP and then you put it in a computer... And then if you want to move stuff around or stretch stuff or alter the timings of things or play around with stuff like that, once it's had DSP on it, like a bit of reverb maybe or some kind of EQ and all that sort of stuff, when you time stretch that stuff, it sounds absolutely awful. Whereas if you can get hold of the actual raw original 
waveform, so the raw original drums, if you stretch that stuff around before it goes through any kind of processing, you generally get away with a lot more. And that's that, that goes for all instruments. So if I'm recording guitar, I want the clean guitar as well as any processed guitar. Because if I want to time stretch my playing to make me sound like I can play, I want to time stretch the clean one and then dump it through a whole load of processing to make it sound like it's going through an amp or whatever. And then any of the anomalies that end up in there, and perhaps I need to stretch mine further than most, <laughs> but any of those anomalies tend to get kind of eaten up by the filtering or the DSP. So the same with drums. Like if you've got a big room on something and you stretch that room longer or shorter, if you've got a good ear, you'll hear that happening within the beat. Whereas if you've got tight, just the waveforms and you move them around. I guess it depended. Yeah, I guess it would depend on what sort of space you recorded. I was just looking at the specs to see if I could find out whether it output. I mean, if it, if it output four channels, so your, your trigger channels left and right and your stereo mic as a separate WAV, so you have them separate so the you know the actual uh -huh. stereo process you could you could then choose to not process the mic at all you could just have the mic and i think so that i'll have to do my counter argument to that would be that if you've got a really good drummer and you've got a band in your studio and they know the song and they know exactly what they're doing and there's not going to be any development or editing afterwards then maybe this is a really useful thing to have so so i think it all depends on the situation whether i'm going to want to develop the song or develop the production with the person i'm working with or whether we're just going to record so if we're just recording so i've got a local folk band and they're like no no we're not going to do any of that kind of editing stuff we know what we're doing we're just going to put the drums down it might be really useful yeah i see what you're saying yeah and um, the other so thing that it's kind of the, yeah the other potentially thing I, useful the other thing that i think it might be useful for is uh, a live setup where if, i mean i don't know whether it's going to work in a stadium or whether you bother but you know small gigs medium-sized gigs where you could just rock up with a drum kit put this on the kit and then just beef it up so maybe just you know yeah. maybe maybe all you do is you don't you don't send the mic out at all you just send the triggers out and have a little bit of the mic so you can adjust it to the room a little bit and maybe have How some you effects you know that might that might be an interesting side of things yeah how do you keep the rest of the stage out of there yeah, well, I again, I watched a bunch of videos about people who had tried that, and they said I was worried about this. And actually, the bleed was quite minimal. It was, you know, yeah, okay, it's not going to be. If you wanted to take my drums out and only uh, and isolate them and put them on another track, it might not work. But in terms of, you, you, but, you haven't listened to my drummer's vocal mic much, have you? <laughs> no, but but I mean, I've is, mixed. We have we record every single show live, okay, and yeah. I've mixed a lot of them, or a bunch of them. And uh, the drummer's vocal mic is out whenever he's not singing. Trust me when I tell you this. Absolutely, I I I am unbelievably skeptical about the ability to use this in the way it's described on a stage with rock and roll music playing on it or something like that. You know, like what we do or whatever. I thought yeah. you played funk. You play funk, whatever it is, <laughs> Disco. whatever it is we do. <laughs> well, okay, well, okay, but in in defence, Rich, I mean, I think the thing is the mic array is designed to mic just the kit. So whatever's going on in DSP, which may be, you know, uh, may affect the sound, is designed to reject other signals as well. So there is, it's not just the stereo mic comes in and that's that. Is that you know there may well be other trickery going on because that's um, rejecting you again. He's rejecting you again. That's a keyboard. You're playing a keyboard. It's going to reject all keyboards with this new device. 
Oh well, I'm sorry. I don't know. I would I would be really intrigued to see how that works for for a gig. You know, I mean, obviously not not large scale gigs, but gigs maybe where there's a lot of bands on and you just kind of you know you you just rock up and you do like I don't know wedding stuff. You know, whatever. It may well be yeah. something really useful for that. Where you know, if you want the cameo snare for the uh, for that track you do for the groom who's requested ah. it, there you can have it very. No quick. way. It's Yamaha. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Please give me the dealership. Uh, I'm, right. I'm quite interested to see how, how this could be misused. I'm always thinking about that. So what if, Ooh. I don't know, what if you put that stereo mic in front of a PA and you pumped back some Led Zeppelin drum stems or something, would it then take that in and then put a different sound on that? So you end up with the groove, you've got Led Zeppelin, but you've got a different sound now. What I don't know. I don't know. In front of it. Well, I think the you thing is, that, you, bo- you bolt it. You bolt it to the bass drum. So I'm guessing there's some kind of physical connection with it because the, you know, the bass drum okay. is going to be moving. So the mic capsule is going to be. So there, maybe there's some sort of sensoring. I, I mean, I don't know, but I would imagine okay. there might be some physical connection required. But yeah, yeah, and maybe you could strap these. The, the triggers to a tabletop and you could tap on them even yeah. I don't know yeah 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 that's an interesting work with that is there an no, iPhone you know, app that does that yeah there is but you know <laughs> yeah probably there is there is there is yeah there is I can't remember what it was called but I remember uh, I remember using I've it I've got it on the phone if I want to yeah. look for it yeah that's alright <laughs> we're fine I remember doing something with that anyway um, okay well I feel that's probably a good time to end the proceedings and thank you uh, oh actually I've t- one thing I did forget to mention mentioned um we're doing uh, an event in bristol on the 24th of november uh if you check out the site uh there are uh details for that uh you can click a link uh selling tickets in advance please do come along we're going to have uh speakers uh people show we've got will gregory aiden Rutley, uh, and dave spears and ty and win showing up with synths instruments setups we're going to do interviews based around those with demonstrations in the evening we've got uh, performers as well battery orchestra and also chris calcutt and others to be uh, um, to be announced but uh, that's coming out on the 24th of november saturday in bristol at dbs music so uh, please do check the site i'll put a link to it in the show notes you can get your tickets in advance and it's all going to be smashing and there's a bar so don't worry you'll be able to have a bit of social as well um so folks thank you so much for joining us mark it's lovely to see you um really uh, enjoyed that and i keep telling myself i must come down to glastonbury and visit your shop i just have been very remiss but i will i promise i'll play you some of my uh, stranger audio recordings which i've realized i can't actually publish but I've uh, I've got a little Zoom recorder running in the shop and some of the conversation because some of the conversations are really quite outstanding. But the most recent one was uh, I was being told by this uh, woman with a very strong um, East London accent about a website on YouTube called Transgender Investigations in which she uh, in which they cite that uh, Prince Harry and uh, Pepper Middleton are both transgender. And that they um, they uh, got the baby from a baby farm, and she's telling me all this, and it's the most it's quite perhaps don't play thing. that on the show if you if if you I can't play it I can't <laughs> no. I would love to be able to publish that, but I don't think no. I have any legal way of doing that, and it's just uh, because I think it's just such an unbelievable or many of the conversations in my shop uh, defy belief so far that I. I have you to, want a record of it? I don't know. Well, some other way. Yeah. Well, Mark, thank you for joining yeah. us, uh, um, and we we'll hope to see you very soon. So that's been great. Indeed. Yeah. Great. Okay. 
Look and forward uh, to Miss, it. Mr. Rich Hilton, thank you also for joining us and uh, contributing a couple of those topics. That's been been great uh, to have you. Are you around for a little while or are you back out on the road? Um, first of all, my pleasure. Um, I'm coming in and I have a down and back to London next week. Um, and then I'm home for a bunch of November. And then we travel again. And then in uh, late November and December, we're doing a big tour of England and uh, Ireland and the and Europe and such. So I'll be around. Good. Well, I'm very pleased to hear that. And uh, we'll speak to you again very soon. And I hope that... Oh, if I yes. may, if I may, one last thing uh, about uh, something I saw at AES, because you just mentioned Zoom. And I was at the Zoom booth where we actually know a few people, uh, some of whom went to school with Corey. They were showing a 360-degree microphone, oh, which, which oddly enough sells for $350, which I think is a ter terrible marketing mistake. But besides that, they had a virtual reality show on an Oculus headset, and you put on this Oculus headset, and you turn your head, and the sounds are panning. Yep. It was remarkable. It was absolutely Amazing, remarkable. Wow, that sounds good. Yeah. I, I think Gaz saw some uh, headphones that uh, that did that as well, where you got a, a listener perspective. It was like Waves head tracking or something. Well, we'll have to check that out, Rich. But this is matching the video that you're seeing in the Oculus headset. Ah, right. Okay, got you. The, um, wow. the audio recorder's got a gyroscope in it, hasn't it? So it knows where it is when it's recording the sound. So, and then it keeps the gyroscope information somehow. Wow. Um, it so must. it's all locked together. It's really clever, really clever. Yeah, it was really, it was incredible. And I, and I had to mention it before we said Well, goodbye. thank you very much. Uh, and also, Mr. Matthew Hodson, thank you for joining us as well. Are you, uh, are you about to do a live yeah. broadcast yourself? Going to do some more live modular madness? I should have. You know, I'll, I must do that again. It was great fun, actually. I did that after one show and we had a right laugh. Um, no, I'm going to, I'm going to chase up the record label because I delivered some demos recently. So I'm kind of interested to know what they think of that. And I think I might go out and treat myself to this new Electro Harmonics Grand Canyon Delay Looper pedal as well, which looks really good. Quite like the look of that. Ah, uh, yes, we were going to talk about it, but we just didn't quite have the time. But yeah, that's the uh, Electron EHX uh, Grand Canyon, which is actually 249 bucks. So probably yeah. a similar amount in the UK, but it did sound very good. Maybe we'll talk about it next week yeah. when you've bought it and you can tell us about it. How about that? Yeah, that'd be radical. See how it works with the old modular. Yeah. Well, thank you, everybody. Uh, that, me. once again, is the end of episode 555, which uh, we're talking of a delay pedal. is sort of quite apt at that. I uh, just wanted to point out, before we go, if you want to enter the competition to win Isotope's excellent RX-7, we're looking for the hashtag DClipDeplosive uh, and the hashtag RX-7 <laughs> to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. Uh, that's it for this week. Thank you very much, everybody. We'll wave on. you off and see you all. Hang on a minute. I'll wait. What, what's five, going on? Five, five. five 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 is the number of an IC that people make square wave synthesizers from. Wow. Okay. The five five five. The five 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 is the heart of the Atari Punk console. Right. I think well, we ought to mention one. that. Excellent. Yes, well, there's another five 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 wrestler. Well, anyway, thank you. See Ooh. you all later, and your dogs. Bye now. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>